Hello, Red Spotters. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Kyle Lira, and today we have a new to the table for you. Today's episode, we talk Metallica through the Never and Evil Dead. Uh, the Sam Raimi classic, I would say, and the Dane DeHaan, Nimrod, and Tall classic. Two classics. <laughs> All for the price of one podcast. Anyway, joining me today is the ever here Peter Martinez. How are you doing today, sir? Yeah, I really need to get a life. I mean... <laughs> Always here. Nah, it's good. Otherwise, we have we have nobody to to be on the show. <laughs> um, special recurring guest star. <laughs> special recurring guest star, Jim Broadbent. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Watch Game of Thrones, guys. Game of Thrones is getting really good. Um, on today's to the table, we have Metallica through the Never, and we also have the Evil Dead. Uh, Peter gave me the Evil Dead to watch, and I gave Peter Metallica through the Never to watch. And if you know us, I think that's that's pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but at least it created a theme, I guess. Satanic yeah. episodes. <laughs> Satanic episodes. If only you gave me the Lady Gaga movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Monster Ball Tour the movie. Monster Ball Tour movie. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'll go, you know what, I'll, I'll switch it around, I'll have you talk about, uh, Metallica Through the Never, and then I'll talk about, uh, Evil Dead, uh, last. Alright. Alright, um, I, I, I'm, I'm dying to know what you thought of Metallica <laughs> Through the Never. Okay, so, I guess the question first is, why did you... Uh, want me to see Metallica through the never. I think it is an amazingly put together concert film. Like, if somebody was to go like this, what can you do with the concert film and not make it just simply the band playing? Mm-hmm. I would go to Metallica through the never because it has the it has a you know has a story going on with it. As uh, as uh, the action that's going on in the story is going along with the music that's going on in the concert itself, um, and not just that, uh, Metallica is the greatest band ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, when is he going to mention that part? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think I think more people should be watching this movie. Um, it tanked at the box office. Oh yeah, I looked that up. I was like, wow, we made ne- that really surprised me. Yeah, I mean, because a lot- you have like. Uh, all those other concert movies making money, but yeah. like, Metallica is bigger than all of them. How they, did they, they not make money? It spent, they spent like $32 million or something like that on the film, and they only got like $9, nine million of it in return. So it was it, it tanked at the box office, and uh, and it was, uh, and seeing it on the IMAX screen, for me, it was like, oh my god, like the sound, the concert footage and all that, and seeing Metallica on IMAX was pretty cool. But nothing, nothing compares to seeing them actually live, mm-hmm. you know. But this was a close second to seeing them actually physically yeah. there, you know. So, uh, Peter, tell me about Metallica <laughs> through the Never. Oh, do you want me to explain the story? Uh, sure, go ahead. Um, Metallica's, it's they're they're at this giant concert, just banging it out, mm-hmm. and then we have Dane DeHaan. He's he's doing some he's doing shit. He needs uh, I guess the story originally is he needs to put gas in this truck. Mm-hmm. He needs to put gas in. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna I'm just gonna let one of them in. I'm gonna let Dixie in. Dixie, come in. All right, go on, continue. 
he needs to put gas in this truck, but then it comes about him trying to take the bag back to, um, what's it called? Back to the concert, and it's mm-hmm. basically just, like, him going through a bunch of weird, visually crazy shit. And yeah. trying to retrieve this bag. Mm-hmm. Um... This this was a difficult movie. Like I, after I watched it, I was like, "How do I? How do I review it?" it? Um, because uh, and then I finally just came came down to this analogy. What? Uh, for how I, I I think I kind of feel about everything, including the concert movies. It, it feels I feel like I'm I'm, I'm this young young guy. Um. And, I, and I'm like, I, I'm, I don't know about my sexuality. I'm like, am I gay or not? You know? <laughs> yeah, this is what I came up with. <laughs> um, okay, I'm with you. I'm with you so far. So far, okay. And then uh, finally, I, I hook up with the hottest girl in school. And then it's like, yeah, I'm gay. <laughs> and, and, and Metallica Through the Never was the hottest girl in school. And... I, I guess it's like how I feel about concert movies as a whole and that I, I, I feel like they're just not for me because mm-hmm. to me Metallica through the never it really did generally feel like the best I've seen as far as concert movies okay I think it's I haven't seen many especially all the way through I've seen like little bits pieces here and there but if you know coming from someone again who hasn't seen many, this really feels like the best one out there. Mm-hmm. And, and um, to me, it is. It yeah, is. It's it, next to, uh, what's it called? Uh, the Song Remains the Same from uh, Led Zeppelin and uh, Shine a Light from uh, Martin Scorsese. Uh, but I mean, like, from the production value to the music mm-hmm. to... Um, I, it, and again, I'm not the biggest Metallica fans, but I can tell when there's, like, little Easter eggs in there mm-hmm. for, like, some hardcore um, Hardcore fans, fans. yeah. yeah. And then even the the story going on with Dane DeHaan, it's not really a story. It's more of like a visual music video going along with it. Mm -hmm. But it it was shot really well, and it was really visually interesting. And if anything, it just made me feel like I want more Metallica in movies. (laughs) You know, like more Metallica songs, more people to put them in movies. You got a little bit of that. You got For Whom the Bell Tolls in a Zombieland and and stuff like that. Um, but I, I don't know, just at the end of the day, and maybe it comes down to, like, I love music, but I'm not, like, a big music person. Yeah. Like, I've never been really to a concert, you know, and, and, I, and I've never felt that need to, like, yes, go out. Go out and get into the, into the scene. Yeah. You know? And, like, to me, the only reason, the only real reason I would watch music is to watch it live, because uh-huh. it's like, you're there, you can see the people that you love, and even then, it's like... Eh, for me, so watching it on a TV screen, I I got bored. It, it, the boredom, though, I know it was on my end, not on the movie's end, because I'm like, they're as far as you know this genre of film, mm-hmm. they're doing everything right, like everything you can do to make this like interesting. The music, um, the camera angles as it like goes around the band, and the band's just playing their heart out. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I guess it's just kind of not for me, you know? Because to me, it's like, okay, I'm watching them play, and I'm watching them play, and I'm watching them the play. play. And it's like, I'm loving the music, but it's like, visually, it's like, yeah, they're playing. Um, 
so I, I, I think this, this is me just finally like, yep, I don't like that, you know, I'm gay, I don't like that kind of sex. Or that, that, you know, male, female. I don't like females and females at this point being, uh, what's it called? Concert movies. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I totally see how, like, how awesome they are and why people love them. But uh, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, they're playing. That's cool. I guess. I, I, I always perked up a little bit more whenever Dane DeHaan would get on screen because I'm like, oh, that looks like a movie. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I think that really says something. Uh, it's like, they, uh, the way that uh, Metallica, because they were heavily involved in making this movie. Like, yeah, they, well, you, and they, you can their, tell. Their fingers were all into making the movie. Like, uh, a lot of the band members were, like, throwing ideas. Like, oh, it was Lars's idea that, oh, Lars is the drummer. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, saying... Have the main uh, main villain be a uh, a, a horseman type, mm-hmm. you know, and so just just the way that they threw a lot of ideas to the to the wall like that, it was a uh, uh, they said that for the casual film goer, they'll give uh, less shits about uh, what Metallica is doing and what more Dane DeHaan is doing, mm-hmm. and they they aptly say, said that only 25% of the movie was Dane DeHaan and the rest was a concert film. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I, for like a casual film goer, I, I understand that, uh, that, yeah, you want to see more of Dane DeHaan and, and all that stuff and more, and more or less, uh, Metallica, you know, and that, that's uh, very understandable. But for me, I, you know, I'm kind of, I'm biased in this unbelievably <laughs> I, and I and uh, when Metallica was there I was like yeah Metallica but then the story comes in I'm like this ooh this is a nice story you know so I to me it really married the two perfectly to me uh, and I thought that this this film definitely uh, superseded what many typical uh, uh, concert movies do because usually you see them backstage, you know, sipping on wine or some shit like that, and then they go up on stage and do their do their shit for an hour, and that's the movie. Um, but this one, uh, they really threw it out for the for the Metallica fans out there. Mm-hmm. You said that there was a bunch of Easter eggs that you saw yeah. that that, that could have been. Uh, they something. they seemed like they were probably Easter like like eggs. what what were what did you think were Easter eggs? When you saw the movie, um, the bag, the bag. There was a lot of focus on the bag. Like, what yeah. is this? And and did you see that? Did you stay towards uh, the credits? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I saw because they were still playing. So I'm like, yeah. okay, well, this is this is basically the movie. So I, I just kept watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, it went through the whole credits, which is pretty awesome. Um, I know at the end they zoomed in on the bag, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sure what that meant. I have a feeling uh, there's a lot of theories out there, and I think like the most uh, the most uh, I guess credible theory is that it's probably Cliff Burton's soul in there. Cliff Burton is the original bassist who unfortunately died uh, while they were touring for the third album, um, and that song that they were playing, Orion, was their song. Mm-hmm. So you get a little sense of okay. You get you get a little bit of that, mm-hmm. um, and and if I was like a hardcore Metallica fan, like that would be that would be blowing my mind. Like, oh shit, yeah. like, that's that's badass. It seems like they probably um, I'm not too familiar, but they might have recreated their album covers. 
Yeah, they did. They did. Okay. Okay. For example, uh, when they played the song "Ride the Lightning," all right, yeah. that that's a title track of their of their album called "Ride the Lightning," mm-hmm. and that's about a guy who uh, who gets sent to the electric chair without any reason or, or rhyme, mm-hmm. and uh, they 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 flick the switch, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, you see on the on the cover. A, a, an electric chair with a bunch of lightning going to or towards the chair, and that's why they say, call it "Ride the Lightning." Anyway, uh, a giant, uh, a giant, uh, what's it called? Electric chair comes down, and a bunch of lightning is coursing through with the Tesla coils. Yeah, that was pretty cool seeing, um, and just that visual, uh, visual uh, little cue to the album cover. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that you saw was uh, Lady Justice. Um, come out like the big old statue. Yeah, and then the it big falls. old statue, and then it falls. That's uh-huh. direct uh, imagery from the album and Justice for All. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I like how it how it came tumbling down. And also, it's another uh, callback to uh, to a tour that they did, and it was uh, the Damaged Justice tour where they damaged where they completed the um, third album tour, and they they did uh, they did uh, and Justice for All. Mm-hmm. So uh, they had that statue there at the at the concert, and they just brought it out, put it in the corner. But here, it's you know actually put in the forefront, and actually, and it uh, falls and it, and it tumbles down, and that was pretty cool. Uh, they put imagine if one of them hit like the drummer or something like that. And I was like, I was and it, because there were certain things in the film where I'm like, okay, that's probably staged, and yeah. I was like, was this was um, I guess. It tumbling down, yeah, it was obviously staged, but I was like, did they do this during the concert? Because, like, a piece got dangerously close to the yeah. drummer. And I was like, oh, boy, like, how many times did they practice this like before? I, <laughs> like, I saw the, um, I saw the, um, the behind the scenes. Yeah. And, uh, what it was is that they put nets around, you know, you don't see it, but there was nets definitely around to, to capture all the loose pieces and all that stuff. So they they definitely took safety precautions, especially when uh, they did uh, they did uh, ride the lightning because mm-hmm. Tesla coils were involved. They had to switch from digital because the digital uh, because the digital uh, all the digital stuff uh, got warped and all that shit. Oh. And it also because uh, they they were running via um, wireless. It, it, it shocked uh, it shocked Kirk Hammett one time. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So they're like, okay, we got to switch to analog for this one song. So uh, they switched to analog and they did everything uh, uh-huh. did everything manually. Which I think that ride the lightning that ride the lightning song version is the best sounding because they switched to analog, you know, instead of digital. Um, but I think that uh, a lot of cool a lot of cool things like the like for Master Puppets they brought out the crosses. Yeah, out from the stage. Um, there, were, there were songs that like I, there, but there are songs that everyone knows. Like mm, one, yeah, when they had the like the the helicopter fire. Yeah, I was like, that, that's a cool visual, like because that looks real and it's like, yeah, all the stuff on the stage. And they're doing it. They're obviously doing it with like lights and like puffs of smoke. But yeah, like, and then they had like the soldiers in the in the background, mm-hmm. and that was pretty cool. Enter Sandman. There's the flaming guy. Yeah, and that was all. And that flaming guy is also an Easter egg for those who've been following the band since the '90s. And the flaming guy has been in part of the show in the in the '90s, and so they brought it back. And uh, there was a there was headlines where it was like, oh, uh, a guy got caught, a, a, a techie got burnt on fire. See, that was one and, of the things where I'm like, okay, that's obviously staged. Yeah, but they're making it seem real. Yeah, but you know, the the people, the good people of Vancouver, 
yeah. who, who that that's where the thing was filmed. Um, the good people of Vancouver didn't know that it was staged. Yeah. So they were like, uh, newspaper guys, uh, this guy got burnt. They're probably like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> but he got burnt. And so th- there was like headlines saying like, guy, techie got caught on fire on yeah. Metallica, not knowing that it was staged. So I also thought it was funny. He's like, he's all right. Let's keep playing. Yeah. <laughs> like that should have been obvious. Like, yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing that was uh, cool was like when they went minimalistic. And they were all around each other, and they played the final song, "Hit the Lights," which is the first song of uh, that they ever made. Uh, and they played it at the end of the movie, and that was that was pretty cool. And he's like, "Oh, it's like being in the garage again." Uh, and I, I, you know, you get kind of like a band sentimentality thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about the the action pieces that were going on with following Dane DeHaan's mm-hmm. adventure? Um, they didn't make sense. But they, I don't think they needed to. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was the point. It was just more of like the inv- invoking feelings to go along with the song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just more visual splendor, if you will. I don't know. <laughs> but they were shot really well. I, yeah. You know, there was like, oh, like, this looks really cool. And, it, you know, that's surprising to me for, uh, what's it called? A concert movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, cinematography is maybe not the thing they're most important, the thing they're thinking about the most Yeah. when it came to these sections. But no, they did a really good job, and it's, it's, it gave it a, a nice visual style. And again, when that's over playing like, some of the songs, I'm thinking like, yeah, I wish Metallica songs made it into more movies, because this... This is great. It, it definitely it great. feels it like uh, when they got to like the cyanide part, and uh, and again another Easter egg. You saw the you saw the coffins. Yeah. Up on the thing that's the that's taken from the album cover of Death Magnetic, mm-hmm. which the songs come from. Um, and then uh, you see cyanide, and you see the riot going on, and that was uh, that was a pretty cool uh, pretty cool visual. Um, what else is there to talk about the movie? Um, the players themselves, I guess. <laughs> great acting. <laughs> no, they I, they did great. I know it's hard to discuss a lot of things, mm-hmm. mainly because it's like... There's they, music. There's music, and then that's the movie. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where it loses me some. And I, and I know I'm very much in the minority in this. Uh-huh. Because I know there's a lot of people who just like... They'll just go on their laptop or on their phone and they'll just bring up music videos and watch them along with the music. Yeah. And, and I know that's big with, like, most people. And I'm, I, and for me, it's like, I can appreciate a good music video. Mm-hmm. And, but mostly, like, watching them play live and I'm just kind of like, well, unless I'm there, it's like... <laughs> what's the care? point? You know, what's the point? Um. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure compared to... You you already do like this kind of because you have seen other um, concert movies in theaters. Too. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I I've seen uh, I've seen uh, what's it called? I've seen Shine Shine a Light, mm-hmm. uh, the Rolling Stones movie, and that was my introduction to the Stones, and that was pretty cool. Uh, Mar- that was a Martin Scorsese directed one, you know. And in between songs, like when it when uh, when an artist was featured in a song, mm-hmm. um, they cut to like old old uh old recordings old uh, old footage of them like talking about what it's like to be in the stones or what it's like to you know like music and shit like that and so that was definitely uh that was definitely a key element into making uh through the never you know so i think that yeah um 
Yeah, I, I've, I've never seen that specific. Yeah. I've never seen that specific music, uh, not music video, um, concert movie. Uh-huh. And there, there are several ones probably that other people hold in higher regard. But me personally, just looking at this, I'm like, yeah, you know, everything you would probably want out of a concert movie yeah. is right here. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're a huge fan of the band and Metallica's pretty big, pretty famous, you know, that's most people. So I, I, I definitely think it's a good movie, especially a, a, a pretty great concert movie, if not the best of its kind. Again, my opinion kind of means very little on that because I haven't really seen any. Yeah. But which I should I should probably give you uh, the Rolling Stones shine a light shine a light <laughs> has a has some cool people in there like Christina Aguilera and uh, Jack White so there's more of a variety it's not just yeah. the Stones no but overall I, I do think it, it's a, it's a really good movie um, mm-hmm. I I just at the end of the day I'm starting to think like yeah maybe this genre just isn't for me and uh, it's a little weird because I kind of like every genre film yeah. But to me, this is just more of like, uh, I don't know. Like I said, at the end of the day, I would, if there was a Metallica concert and uh, there was like an opportunity for me to be there, it's like, oh, cool, awesome. Mm. They're in a heartbeat. See them live. Great. See them in the theater. Eh. Eh. I'd probably get bored, <laughs> you know. So it's more of my personal preference but when they than did, really the movie. But when they did play the hits, like One or Inner yeah. Salmon or anything like that. I was that. there. I was with it. I was like, yeah. okay, yeah. This is cool. Okay. That's that's why I know I everything about this, I was like, this is great. It's if, just... If, if only I was a Metallica fan, it would be even greater. And if only I was like a bigger music fan in general. Yeah. I think if, if I was a bigger music fan, um, it, it would be easier for me to just get into... Just even if it was a band I didn't know, it's like mm. oh, but the music itself is enough to pull me in, and right. you know the 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 artists playing, seeing them. But it's like I'm not I, I enjoy music, but more of like just like how everyone on, as a regular person, not any more than that. And I know you for sure are like way bigger. Yeah, into like the music, music world yeah, and the all music that stuff. World. Uh, I, 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 to me, I, I, I'm biased. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I, I've said it before, but I, I really enjoyed uh, Through the Never and I saw it. Uh, we, we went, me and my, my family, we love Metallica, you know, so we all went up and we watched. We went this. to, we went to um, San Diego just to watch it, you know. That's dedication. Because <laughs> there's no IMAX uh, screens where we live. So yeah. uh, the nearest uh, screen is two hours away, you know. So uh, seeing it on like the big screen like that was like, uh, and I'm was, sure that adds was, a hell of a lot more. Yeah, and like the sound, and it was completely. Uh, I to me, I think they've never sound sounded any better, and I think that the best live recording that they have is the soundtrack to this movie. Uh, it's just the live recordings, you know, and uh, but. To me, I think that there there's a lot of cool elements, like all the Easter eggs, like the like the electric chair, the um, the statue, Lady Justice statue, and all that stuff. I will say this, like it is kind of depressing to me, because even though this might not be my cup of tea, I'm glad that it's out there, mm-hmm. and I'm and I and I'm glad that people, you know, there this type of genre of film is out there, and people are taking advantage of enjoying it, mm-hmm. and it bums me out that it like. 
a, a band and uh, the people that made this really put a lot of effort in and they got like no money back when I yeah. see there's like I see all kinds of other concert like movie Justin films. Bieber never say never and they're so they just look so lazy yeah like, it was just, just like, like shoot the concert and that's it but that's, here they yeah. actually put like a story element into it they really attempt to give yeah. you something special and it, it kind of bums me out that, and they like, and they, they didn't make, get make their money yeah they made these specific uh specific things for the for the show like at one point it was, it's a deleted part of the of the concert film but uh uh there's one moment where they're gonna play i think seek and destroy mm-hmm. it's another song from their catalog and a giant toilet was gonna come out <laughs> with a with a giant uh with a giant knife coming out in the in the center yeah so uh just stuff like that i mean they went above and beyond to make this awesome mm-hmm. concert film but yet saw none of it re- that really return. surprises me yeah because on this on the surface it just looks like such a way better put together concert film than any other concert film ever yeah and not on the surface compared to a lot of these other concert f- movies that come out in theaters mm. way better um per- performers and yeah. a way better band so it's like i mean eh. these guys came out and they did their thing and also i like how in the beginning of the film uh they had their own the band had their own introductions yeah and like it, and to me, I was like, okay, even though I don't really know these band members, uh-huh. it gives me a little bit of an insight to them. Mm-hmm. It gives me a little bit of character. Like, and for people who do know them, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, because you know that's that, that, oh, that's them. Because uh, James Hetfield, he loves his hot rods and his vehicles and all that stuff, and he comes in with a with a gray vehicle, you know, yeah. and it's like, and it's spooting out a fire from its spokes. That was pretty cool. Um, Kirk Hammett, he loves his blood, he loves his horror and all that stuff, <laughs> and you saw blood coming off of his guitar. And then uh, you see uh, you see uh, Robert Trujillo, the bassist, and he's just, in, you know, in his own little space, you know, bass in a way. And then uh, you have the businessman, which is Lars Ulrich, and he's like discussing business with, with some uh, with some stage managers and all that shit. And so you get, you, you, I think that this is a more personal uh, mm-hmm. uh, film for the band and its fans and those who know it. And I thought that this would be, I guess, a good introduction to Metallica to you. Uh, and well, I know Metallica, but I guess a higher level of introduction. Yeah, yeah. Like this is. You want to know what fucking Metallica is? Here it is. The real Metallica. This is a real, story. not like the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, final thoughts on the film. Uh, final thoughts. Overall, I do think it's a really, it's a great movie, really well put together. Um, if if you're a big music lover of concert films or kind of your thing, watch it. And I would say buy it because it, it does kind of suck that, you know, something that was, you know, it well seemed made. well made and so much effort was put into it by the band, you know, obviously really caring about their fans that you know not a lot of people not a lot of people it. appreciate it I don't, I don't I think it's also a little thing about marketing because it wasn't heavily marketed I remember hearing about it when it came out but yeah but it wasn't but it wasn't like oh go see the next Avengers and <laughs> well <like> obviously <laughs> um it wasn't marketed like that yeah at the end of the day this genre might not be for me but this film is definitely a shining point for the genre I, I guess I would put it that way Okay, so, Peter, mm-hmm. you had me watch Evil Dead. 
The Evil Dead, the what? 19, I think, 84? Yeah. It was 1984, 81. Sam like Raimi classic. Sam Raimi original, beautiful classic. Um, Why did you want me to watch it? Because I love horror films. And really? I yes. did not know that. <laughs> and in a way, The Evil Dead is almost like... it was. It's not nearly the first or the last, but just in a weird way, it's sort of the granddaddy of horror films. It, it's... It's that classic tell. It's very simplistic, uh-huh. but it's weird. It's scary. It's funny. And it is funny. The, the the fact that it came from it, it's like everything about horror that makes it so great is just infused into this movie. The fact that it's low budget. You know, a lot of horror mm. f- films come from that. You know, an up and coming director, a great star like Bruce yeah. Campbell, and that that was pretty much for the. Time uh, Sam Raimi's magnum opus. Yeah, that, that's what that's what jump started his career. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just it really and Bruce Campbell's career and as Bruce well. Campbell's, it really covers the gambit on like everything that makes horror horror so fun and interesting. You know the suspense, the gore. Mm-hmm. You know the cheap scares, the not so cheap scares. The silliness of it, but also you know this the serious scare the the real horror behind it. Um, demons, cabins in the wood, you know, it's it's just a hell of a good time, I think, and it's one of my favorite films, not just horror, but of all time. Yeah, it, it's just it's great. I, I don't know. <laughs> So 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 I'm interested. I I understand it's it's sort of a weird thing to come into all these years later. Yeah. Um, How did you feel? I'm sure there's a, a wide range of emotions. <laughs> I I get that this movie was made in the '80s. Okay. Oh really? I get that this movie was made in the '80s. So I I put that with the mindset of watching this movie. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Throw it out there. It it it's one of the most hilariously disturbing things I've watched in a while. <laughs> um, first of all, uh, Bruce Campbell's Ash. Uh, I he he's cool. He's a cool cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he se- he quote unquote survives at the end. You know. We, we think until they do a whole Ghostbusters thing at the end of the credits or the the ghost keeps on going towards wow. them. That's then, Evil Dead too, sir. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I I liked it <laughs> <laughs> for for what it was trying to do. Uh-huh. Um uh, when all the when all the girls start turning and they start uh, getting possessed, deadites. Well, uh, the the number one lesson it, that I learned about uh, all that stuff is that uh, getting raped by trees is freaking scary as shit. I don't think you needed to visualize <laughs> that to understand that though. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, 
Yeah. Uh, uh, when they were like, <laughs> and they were doing like the whole stereotypical, I get like, oh my god, I I thought freaking Bette Midler and all that stuff were over the top playing like evil, no, evil, it's uh, evil entities. Over the top. But then this one, I'm like, oh my god, there is not enough scenery in this fucking movie for these girls and actresses to chew, <laughs> and just like the makeup, it looked like some like the mask that uh, I think Cheryl Cheryl was the character uh, she she like the, the mask that she had on like I, I I think I saw that mask at Party City at one point you know <laughs> so uh, a couple of things like that uh, I, I like the I like the Winston-esque uh, effects of them decaying mm-hmm. at the end very uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark-ish that was pretty uh, that was pretty cool seeing um, I the one moment where I felt something was when uh, he was talking to his buddy and his buddy was dead and he was like giving him like I, I guess whiskey or something like that mm-hmm. he was like it's okay we're gonna go home and all that stuff it was like it's okay Timmy you're gonna make it towards Christmas <laughs> you know I, I felt that kind of motion with it mm-hmm. uh, but I think a lot of the movie was hokey as hell I, I I was laughing at some of the some of the things like uh, there was cool visuals. There is a two vi- there's three visuals that I think just one of a close up of a Bruce Campbell and he looks to the camera just dead on just the way that his face filled the filled the frame that was pretty cool. When Cheryl was freaking out after the bridge was destroyed, uh, and she was like, uh, and the only thing that you see is their silhouettes against the the car headlights. That was pretty cool. Um, also, when he put his hand through the mirror and it was just water. Yeah. You know, that was another cool visual. I mean, there's definitely cool visuals and cool things about it. Um, however, I could not get over, like, I, I mean, I guess that's the the angle that they were going for. Very hokey. But I, the hokiness, I, I guess, in a, in a strange way, kept my interest. Because I, I, I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. Call me a sadistic fuck, but I, I was laughing throughout the whole thing. No, this this was... It basically almost cornered the genre on horror comedy. Like, like it, it really gave it life. It, yeah. It, and and it, because his horror antics, and, and I think you won't be shocked to be surprised about this, but one, one of uh, Sam Raimi's biggest influence was the Three Stooges. Really? And, yeah. And and that's why and it it's it's as interesting as this film is. It's almost just as interesting to like see a lot of behind the scenes and how the film was made, because it was made over like a year's period of time. Actors would drop in and drop out. That's why a lot of the 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 when they were all messed up, like one time it was his brother, another time he was playing one. It was a very dangerous set when they when they broke the window because uh-huh. they were first time filmmakers. They didn't know what they were doing. They literally broke the window, like s- smashed the camera against the, <laughs> the window. Um, when Ash fires at one of the deadites, those are real bullets. They just had to get out of the way. <laughs> so it, it was it was it was made with like a no nothing budget. That's why the effects to me are so just incredible because. Mm-hmm. You talk about Raiders of Lost Ark. That was a full-fledged production, you know. The the at that time, yeah. This was an indie film, basically uh-huh. at that time, and it, and it definitely shows. I mean, number one, it was it was uh, it all uh, relied on one location, pretty much mm-hmm. that cabin, uh, with with the exception of the bridge. 
Yeah. Um, but other than that, everything revolved around that cabin. Oh, another thing. That cabin, it did not have a cellar. Whenever they would go into the... What they did was they dug like a like a four-foot deep hole, mm-hmm. and they would pretend to go down to the cellar, but all the cellar shots were done in like... One of them was in Sam Raimi's garage, Some mm-hmm. half of the shots, and then the other half were in this other cellar they found somewhere else. But they... they they literally just didn't even have a cellar. So it's... The power me, of filmmaking yeah, right there. Yeah, to me, when, whenever I see this film, I'm like, this is this is filmmaking to me. Like, this is awesome. Just people believing in a kooky, crazy film. And then just the different ways they go about to getting getting the production made. And it is... I have a really dark sense of humor. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've noticed that. Oh, me too, man. <laughs> me too. So... The, the Evil Dead is really right up my alley. You know, mm-hmm. just how ridiculous the Looney Tunes they are with the violence. But it's also, like, pretty grotesque at the same... And you, you do wince. Like, when... I can't remember who it was, but when she stabbed one of the girls in her... In her ankle. In her ankle. Yeah. And was just twisting it. Oh, like, that always gets to me. Like, I, I can feel it in my ankle, and I hate that. Um, but to me, it's just... It's fun. You know? <laughs> and it, it's... It, I'm sure... It's I guess you could say horror comedy, but it is it does run the gambit on a lot of different genres. Horror stuff. Horror. There there is suspense. Like there are times where you're like, what's gonna happen next? And then it's either a genuine scare or just a complete goof. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they, they they mess around. Like the the one moment that I the moment that I generally find horrifying in mm-hmm. in the Evil Dead is the moment where uh, where Cheryl I guess. She, she like, typical stupid uh, cabin goers in a horror movie. They have to check outside to see what's going on. And uh, and the trees pretty much become possessed and pretty much take her over and and uh, do the dirty. And then uh, while she was running away from that, um, trying to get, like, the keys and all that shit and then trying to put it in the in the slot and trying to trying to open it and like all the other keys are not working of course i mean i'm like i to horror me, movie <laughs> to me i was like okay i've seen this before but what they're doing with it because there are actual stakes the trees and you're in a fucking, the, the fucking you're in the woods, woods. <laughs> surrounded by trees so any one of them could be uh possessed or anything like that um, plus the visual of like the whole kind of rape scene yeah the the, the way the trees move it was like this is really well done. You yeah. Know, the, the visual of that going on. Um, what was I going to say? The I will say that story-wise, there's not really much story. Yeah. It, it really is just... It's just three possessed girls uh, going after uh, it's just like this guy. and a bunch of young, sexually active adults going into the woods, having a good time, and uh-oh, they accidentally opened a portal to hell. You know, you yeah. know your, your typical everyday story. The, like the Necronomicon or so, something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. I really enjoy the lore of that, too. Like, they don't touch too much on it, but it, it, it's especially... You, you definitely can tell that it's an entity. Yeah, but just like the whole, the Book of the Dead, the, nec- the Necronomicon, mm-hmm. and then how it goes to, um, they're, they're called Deadites, the ones that become possessed and they have like a signature look in the way they act. Um, you mean Party City Mask? Yes, <laughs> but it's like they have this like the smile and then their hey, eyes are all white. The effects here look way better than in humans. <laughs> hey, these effects are amazing. To me. 
<laughs> no, but uh, there's another thing that was dangerous. One of the Deadites, whenever they would put like their their eyes where yeah. they're all white, they, there were contacts, and they were so thick that they literally couldn't see through them. So when they're running at the actors with a real knife, trying to stab at them, they are blind. So the actors, Ash had to really stop them and, and really do that. And there's a couple of cuts and bruises on them that were real because they yeah. had to do it real. <laughs> um, but, I, and I know you haven't seen, uh, and I don't know if you'll ever see them, but like the Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and then I've only seen Ash vs. Evil Dead uh, Season 1, which mm-hmm. is the TV show, like, there's there's this entire lore... Is it in the same canon? It. Yes. All of it? Well, the, the funny thing is, each film, mm-hmm. um, Evil Dead, and then the Evil Dead 2, and then Army of Darkness, all three were made by different um, movie companies. So no, like, one person kind of owns the rights to all of the films and stuff like that. So when they made the the television show... It was mostly supposed to be a direct continuation of the first and second film, mm-hmm. mainly because they didn't have the rights to Army of Darkness. They they don't say that it doesn't exist. They just go out of their way not to mention it. But but so it, it's funny the way that works. But it's mo- mm-hmm. they will show flashbacks to the first film, and the second film is almost basically a remake of the first film, but it's also uh, a continuation, a sequel. Because it, it it literally starts at the very end when uh, What's-His-Name gets possessed by, um, you know how the end of Evil Dead, it's yeah. like, oh, the demon runs at him. Which, and then cut to credits, and that, it was a very funny, uh, the end credits, because it was like such like folky music yeah, played at again, the end. They, it, it's supposed to have a sense of humor, like... I know a lot of some people who might not get it. They watch it the first time and they're like, "This is terrible!" Like I'm laughing. This isn't a good horror film. They're like, "No!" Like that's kind of yeah. the whole point. And I know, and I know Sam Raimi. He's very, he's very quirky. Yes, I, and he has a d- distinct style to his yeah. filmmaking, and I think you can see that here, especially and, have uh, having already seen uh, his Spider-Man. Film. Yeah, and also another thing, uh, I I see a lot of uh, a lot of like shots and a lot of shit mm-hmm. from when he did the Doctor Octopus uh, birth scene. Yeah, where uh, when he was in the hospital and the and the and all the doctors were fighting off uh, the tentacles and all that shit, that that very felt like I was watching some of the shots in Evil Dead. I'm like this, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 2. You like know, a lot so. of those, like, vroom, camera yeah. zooms into the face and like, ah, screaming. Yeah. Um, and then especially the way that things are lit, like, um, you, 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 it's very obvious that they have lights, like, underneath to create shadows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, the very obvious, like, stylistic lighting. But it's it fits the mood because it's not supposed to feel realistic mm-hmm. in, in a sense. It's a fantasy. It's yeah. A fantasy, so um, I, I don't know. To me, it's just fun as hell. It's a fun as hell thrill <laughs> it ride. It's a fun as hell thrill ride. Uh, I, yeah. Do you have any negatives? Because I'm pretty sure you have to have negatives. Because <sighs> it's and I, I don't. To, to it's, me, it's, it's the same reason why I'm so frustrated with Alien Covenant. Um, oh, okay. Because of everybody is so fucking stupid. Yeah. 
the whole reason why this whole thing goes on is because Cheryl fucking steps outside when, you know, mm-hmm. when if something's out there, you stay the fucking side, you know, yeah. that's where you're safe. And no, she she has to step outside. Hello, is something wrong? You know, and it, it, and then all the decisions that everybody makes uh, after that, like, oh, oh, you're going to bring the, the scary demon inside. You're not going to yeah. try and kill the demon, you know, so. And uh, and keeping the keeping the demon in the in the like the basement or something like that. That was that was fucking bullshit. Um, I'm like, okay, you, keep her outside, you know, keep her outside, kill her outside, barrier and shit like that, you know. You'll be you'll be done. You'll be all done. But no, no, they the fucking stupid ass people. Uh, to me, it has nothing to do with, like, visuals or, or mm-hmm. style about the movie. It's just the fucking characters themselves. Ash is pretty cool. Every, everyone else is kind of fodder. But everybody else, like, is, they is don't there have to, much of a character. Is there to die. Yeah. You know, pretty much. And that kind of pisses me off, because I'm like... When uh, when his girlfriend dies, I don't I know nothing other than he gives her a necklace out of that one scene. Yeah. That's the only good thing you get, so I don't really give a shit about these. I'm just like kill him and all this stuff so I felt very like um I guess like nuanced when watching mm-hmm. the movie I was like okay what's the next scene what's the next kill what's the next scare um which which is a really huge detriment to the film mm-hmm. uh but other than that I think that it is a very stylistically uh pleasing movie um, if you're finicky towards blood, don't watch this movie at all, because this is a bloody fucking movie. I say do watch it. Um, get over it. Uh, a lot of uh, cool shots, like I said, the one where uh, where Cheryl is going all nuts and shit like that when she sees the bridge damaged by the trees, and then uh, and then you see Ash uh, trying to comfort her, you know, and all you see is the silhouettes so of the thing. I was like, that is damn beautiful. That is Sam Raimi. Mwah. Beautiful. Um, I a lot of things, uh, but yeah, I I don't I don't love it per se, but I don't hate it or dislike it either. You know, I will I will say this about your negatives. I think there's a difference though. Right. Compared to Alien Covenant, Alien Covenant, they are full grown extreme adults, scientists. scientists. On a mission, you know, sent specifically for certain reasons, and, and then they and then they pretty much divert their uh, their situation because yeah. they heard a John Denver song. And this, their stupid, you know, the typical stupid, stupid horny t- teenagers, teenagers, yeah, you know, doing stupid things, and it, it's it's easier to chew, and also just the fact that like, I kind of like those classic horror movie tropes, those throw ups, yeah. The, not literal throat, but like the th- the the shout outs to to those kind of things, like like I recently saw um, Annabelle, mm-hmm. and it didn't break the mold in any way. Mm-hmm. Like it's very much like you you have every it's the story from the scares. It's everything you've seen before. But it was but it was uh, aesthetically pleasing to you, and the, the, the horrors were actually genuine. The execution, I think, is is what sells it, and I think that's that's sort of the same way I feel. Feel with, about with the Sam Evil Ray. Dead. Yeah, the execution sells it. So like when they're acting like stupid teenagers, to me it's sort of like okay, this is a typical uh, horror yeah. movie checkpoint. Yeah, it's, but it, and and I fall in love with those kind of tropes. Um, and also, 
What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, the other I do I do totally get like the other characters not getting much of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it was the character you're you're always supposed to care about is Ash. He's the one you you start with. He's your hero of the movie. He's and in this in the second one, it's it's basically just him for like ninety percent of the movie. And I kind of feel that's the way this movie was too. It's just they were there to get the the, the his they were, friends, they were the just thrills, there to the kills die. and everything. But because the film is supposed to be like these Looney Tunes horror joyride, it's like, yeah, like I, I my emotional connection was to Ash, and if he was the only one, that's and, fine. And I had it, and I had to do, I had to do this movie twice. I had to watch to it. I, I had to watch it twice just to get you know the feel to it. I'm like. Okay, let me let me watch it because I watched it uh, a few days ago mm-hmm. when I and I let my let my mind digest what what I just saw mm-hmm. and then I'm like okay let me watch it again see if my emotions change to it and uh, nope it didn't <laughs> but I but I I definitely see why you love it I definitely see why you love it and I guess you and I guess that's the same thing for uh, Metallica through the Never you see yeah. why I love the movie. Um, also, that whole, like, demon vision shot where it's like, yeah. ready? Sam Raimi, basically, he created that. Like, everything you see everything after, after that, that is was, because of that. Was, it started with Evil Dead. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love the world. I love the, the crazy evil demon antics. Uh-huh. I love Ash. I love the gore. I love the scares. I love the goofs. And it's... it's you can see why it became a classic, at least. I think. I think is what you're I, 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 I could see. What de- yeah, I could definitely see like a lot of influences with a lot of uh, modern horror movies, you know, that were made today. A lot of, especially during Scream, Scream when they pretty much yeah. criticize these tropes. Like, there's no end. Well, the one Scream's okay, but the one yeah. I always turn to is Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, because that was that cabin was the Evil Dead cabin. Um, they, really? Yes. Oh, wow. I did yeah. not know that about that movie. Um, and, you know, they, they reference that film a lot, like, with the whole attic thing. Yeah. The, not the attic, um, the... Is it? Isn't the Cellar? Attic? Cellar. The cellar. Cellar. Um, part. Basement. Mm-hmm. And basically just deconstructing all the tropes and everything that are for horror. horror films. Literally, every time I see a horror film, there's always one point in the film where I'm thinking of, like... Of there's like, the the office people like okay push the button now and then the people like drop the knife or something like that like when I was reaching Annabelle I was like oh like oh they picked the, up yeah. this they picked their they picked up the Annabelle doll that means they're gonna something's be something's gonna happen yeah, yeah. Um, this movie wasn't uh, there was a lot of moments in this movie that were predictable oh yeah uh, like okay this is the part where she's gonna she's gonna turn right. Now and then she does it, and then uh, I, I mean I I, 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 like I said before I I I didn't love it, mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. it it's kind of like the three bears, you know. It I it wasn't too warm, it wasn't too cold. It was just it was just right in the middle, mm-hmm. uh, and that and that's that's to me about this movie. Um, I definitely had a good time. Uh, watching, watching and laughing towards the towards the people like, 
I, I will say also, I think a big aspect of why I love this film too is the filmmaking aspect. Yeah. Like just watching like, oh, how did they do that? You know, and it's like, oh, and I can see the mask there. I don't know. It, it so, just... to, so to you, this is your Star Wars. Um, I don't know if it's that big, but in the same way, I think that the whole filming, act, filmmaking aspect really um, in just blows your mind with Star Wars. Yeah. It, it, it does so for me here, too, as well. It makes it make sense of what I just said. So, like, the first Star <laughs> Wars movie, pretty much by and large, is an indie film. What? No. It was made by a company, Lucasfilm. But they gave him, like, a, a nothing budget, and he was in the middle of nowhere so he could make whatever decisions he wanted. But to me, the Evil Dead truly is it's just like these filmmakers and these these friends um f from college they're just like we we want to make let's make a film like let's do this and just the trials and tribulations and then just the fact that they were able to make something so awesome come out of it <laughs> I, I it's it's awesome to me i love it i think it's it's what filmmaking is about creating new and unique experiences through just the love of the love of filmmaking and, yeah and and I definitely, it, it's the same way to the way that you feel about Through the Never. Yeah, and I that, can see and that. Then, and then you, it, 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 this, these movies go hand in hand, mm -hmm. you know. Similar messages, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Is um, the, uh, the, it, we recognize they're good films. films but they might in, not be for us. <laughs> it may not be for us, but you could definitely tell the quality mm -hmm. and, and the passion that went into these yes. movies. And yeah, I could definitely see that. Like uh, Metallica, they love movies. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they decided, let's make a movie. And uh, Sam Sam Raimi and, uh, and Bruce Campbell said, we like movies. Let's go make a movie. So uh, they both went out and did did movies and both were independently made and uh they're still uh, metallica is still getting a check for uh for the movie uh, uh is paying off you're still pay, trying to pay it off pay, <laughs> pay it off unfortunately um i don't know I'm, I'm pretty sure sam raimi made his evil dead money oh, he made it back in spades yeah so uh, uh i guess one one <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and one didn't. So uh, I I don't know. I, I I liked it. I liked I liked I, it. I liked it. <laughs> Alexis Moreno, we love you. You know we do. Um, anyway, uh, my final thoughts is is that I I genuinely like the movie. Um, it, it I definitely see a lot of uh, hard work put into the movie. A lot of dedication. And I guess that's the same way that you feel about uh, Metallica through the Never, you know? And that's, uh, that's... We'll put it this way. This episode was about finding newfound appreciation... In different things. In different types of films that we yeah. probably wouldn't have seen if it weren't for this episode. This, 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 this segment of the, yes. of the podcast thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, our, our episode to the table with, uh, with Peter Martinez and Kyle Lira over here. Uh, check out our other podcasts on iTunes and uh, podcast.com check out uh, our To The Tables which come out every Wednesday and Friday uh, tomorrow, uh, when, tomorrow's Wednesday so it's going to be up uh, 
by the time you're listening it to it, it's already going to be up. I, that, that's pretty stupid. Yeah, I, I, I think I would assume <laughs> it would be up if they were listening to it. Um, either, the, either that or this got leaked somewhere. I don't know. Part of the HBO leaks? Leaks, yeah. Uh, ooh, that, by the way, that reminds me, uh, this, uh, this upcoming podcast we're gonna be, uh, reviewing, uh, Eastwatch, uh, Game of Thrones, so, uh, we have a lot to discuss with that. Uh, yeah, check out, uh, Red Spotlight Entertainment, uh, we'll have another thing to the table to you soon. Bye.